Union Jack, the home of great British comedy. Well, the podcast with James is going great, isn't it? Yeah. Do you hate asking your friends to be guests? We could easily just fill a whole series with friend comics, mm. but I just think that it gets a bit boring, doesn't it? I think it does. For me, it's more the awkwardness of asking people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to have that conversation. On digital radio across the UK, on the Union Jack app, and on that Alexa lady, this is Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. Hello, Jeff Lloyd here in your ears right now. Thanks for clicking play or for downloading or doing whatever you've done to to get this into your ears. And on Hometown Glory, well-known faces take me on a trip down memory lane using the magic of Google Maps. And this latest series, it includes Paul Young, Ian Lee, Tom Rosenthal plus some that we're on the verge of announcing, which is very exciting. Um, You can also catch up on my chats from the past two series, more on that a bit later. But today, in the spotlight, the lovely, funny, well-chinned comedian that is Ed Gamble. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. Ed Gamble, hello. Hello. Well, thank you for coming on. You, you're going uh, to take me round your hood. Yes, I believe is the expression. Now, you, you, your hood is broadly speaking southwest London. I'd say southwest London is my hood. That's I was born in southwest London in, in Hammersmith Hospital. Born in uh, in a hospital in Hammersmith that I can't remember the name of, but is now no longer a hospital. They they raised it to the ground. They raised it straight after I was born. They were like, "We're not going <laughs> to. This is awful. This demon child." <laughs> and, and was it an easy labour for your mother? Do you, do you know how that went for her? I, I I I've not been told it was difficult. Okay. I think she. Yeah. I think. I think she really enjoyed it. <laughs> there's a there's a myth that she. I, I think this is a myth. She's told me that this is true, but she was. Um, she said she was terrified uh, because my dad was uh, is quite redheaded. That I was also going to be quite redheaded, and when when she was giving birth to me, someone said. Oh, I think I think he's a redhead, and she said, "Put him back in." <laughs> um, but I'm not sure if that's true. Have you had your DNA done? I've not. I've not had my DNA maybe, done. Maybe best leave that. <laughs> Is that what we're going to do now? <laughs> After we've done the tour around Southwest London. <laughs> so, so where um, where did you, where where was the first house you lived in? First house uh, I lived in. See, it, it was Bramfield Road. I know that much, but I don't know whereabouts that was. I guess it was like sort of Wandsworthy area. So, what age did you do you live there up until? Oh, probably up until like four, to be honest. So, have you got any memories of that place? No, I remember sliding down the stairs on my butt. That's all I remember. There it is. <laughs> it's probably near there, yeah. Okay, so road, lots of shops. Were you in a, a flat above one of the shops then? No, in a little house. In a but little I mean, house the, on Bramfield Road. The me- the memory of that will be uh, severely lacking. This so is what, probably the first time I've seen Bramfield Road since I was four. Yes, yeah, so, so you're not a nostalgic person. You're not constantly sort of traipsing the streets of your own memory. No, I wouldn't say so. Although the next house I lived in. I recently drove past there. Should we, should we go there? Yeah, should we forget about Bramfield yeah, Road? Yeah, let's forget about Bramfield you know, There's not Road. a lot to say. We can we can cover a lot of ground here. Yeah. Uh, so so where was the next next one? Uh, Dolcott Road. D-O-R-L-C-O-T-E. Okay. Road. So what's the family setup? Uh, so the family setup at that point uh, would have been just me and my mum. Uh, my dad... No, my dad was there for a bit. 
And then my dad, uh, you know, as 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 marriages go, uh, popped off and had another one. Right, right. Yeah, he's got. You know, you got to, got to get out there for marriages. Got to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> what did What did your parents do for a living? Uh, my mum uh, was a health visitor, uh, so you know, going around seeing kids, checking mm-hmm. on them, making sure they're all right, that sort of thing. Working for the NHS, uh, and my dad was a solicitor. They are both now retired, and. Your mum being, because my mum was a nurse and, and she could be quite sim- unsympathetic if there were only ever minor things wrong with me, if I had a yes. cold or... Yeah, I think my mum was the same in that it's it's less unsympathetic and more just she knows what's going on, she knows how to deal with it and there's no point messing around. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always interested in the perks of your parents' jobs. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if you had this, but my mum would bring shringes home from the hospital uh, without the needles and we'd get to use them as water pistols. Any any perks? I can't imagine having a dad who's a solicitor offers that many perks no. unless, you know, until later in life, really. Yeah, I, I guess I was sort of, when I was doing, I could do my drawings on headed notepaper. <laughs> Official firm notepaper. That's not really, yeah, not really a perk. Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, living in a, live, I guess, being brought up in a lovely house is a perk. Yeah, because this is this, this is, is lovely. So you're opposite a little park here. Well, Wandsworth Common. Aha. And so you live here from the ages of four until until ten, I'd say. Right. So, which is, can, can we have a look at your house? Yeah, go a bit further down. We're going a bit further. Yeah, one of one of those ones, or the one to the left of it. That yeah. is a magnificent red brick right. London house. Oh God, I, I want to live there again. <laughs> What a house! Oh, no, um, imagine a health visitor and a solicitor being able to afford a house like that these days. Oh, no, absolutely no way. Yeah. Um, so, so which was your bedroom then? Um, my bedroom would have been right at the top, probably that little that little window there. That okay. one, I think, would have been my bedroom up there. So lots of stairs. Lots of stairs. Clomping uh, up and down the stairs. And and what did you? What, what was in the bedroom? What did you have on the walls? Um, I, I I had a notice board where I put all my um, my drawings and things. I like to do a little doodle now and again. And the, the one headed paper, on headed note paper. The one thing I distinctly remember doing a drawing of, and I can't believe this has come to memory, is um is John Major. Really? Yeah. It's really weird, isn't it? Do you know what inspired it? No, I think I think th- there must have been a lot of stuff about about the election on TV or something. And because I remember as well, this is a very distinct memory from my childhood. Uh, when Neil Kinnock lost, you know, when he made that speech where he uh, where he broke down. Yes, um, I remember. I was, used to make fun of Neil Kinnock quite a lot and call him Big Head Big Head Kinnock, <laughs> right? Just as child children do, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Call him Big Head Kinnock, and then then he made the speech and he cried. And I remember feeling guilt for the first time. And it really upset me. Have you done any therapy as an adult? No. <laughs> because I think there is a reason those types of memories stick with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the first time I think I felt guilt was when Neil Kinnock cried. And do you think you've become more empathetic as a person? I think so. Thank as you. a result of your <laughs> yeah. teasing, well, not even teasing, mocking of Neil yeah. Kinnock. So I, I also, um, now there's a road, uh, there's a, sorry, that's, that's, this has brought back another real distinct memory. This is there's good. A, there's a house on this road here mm. where me and my friend Jack who used to live at the other end of Dorcott Road, we'd heard a rumour that um, John Bon Jovi had moved had moved into one of these houses. There's always these weird rumours. It's always somebody yeah. famous and you never see them. Yeah, we never we never saw him, of course. And my friend uh, my friend Jack, I think, was a compulsive liar at the time <laughs> as well. And he swore blind that he knew what house it was. So I remember distinctly going along to one of these houses and ringing a buzzer and then asking if Mr Bon Jovi was in. <laughs> 
Do you remember what happened? No, they obviously just said no one answered or just said no, go away. Just some kids. But that's exactly what John Bon Jovi would want you to think. It's true, yeah. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. Hello again, don't worry, no annoying adverts on this podcast. It's just me popping up to tell you a bit more about Union Jack Radio. Basically, it's uh, it's a radio station that plays just the best British bangers that you pick. Yes, uh, they've got an app, you can vote songs up and down in real time, the one with the most votes plays, and they are also the home of great British comedy, of course, featuring talent like Ed Gamble and Tom Rosenthal in this series but Union Jack also features classic comedy clips from stuff like Blackadder and Faulty Towers so make sure you you uh, you use your digital radio to locate Union Jack Radio or just head to the website or grab the Union Jack app or, or ask that Alexa woman anyway back to the show Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack Radio yeah. so, so who is this Jack character then? So it's my friend uh, Jack, who I didn't go to school with initially. So my, the first school I went to was actually around the corner from here on on Patton Road. What's it called? It was called Highfield School. It's not there anymore. Um, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here. You're seeing a pattern. The, the hospital you were born in was raised to the ground. The, oh, the, school, the school has been demolished. Oh, no. What if there's all these memories I've blocked out, where, but I've, <laughs> I've gone down and burnt down all these places? <laughs> so yeah, it was on. It was on this. It was on this street. But like I say, it's no, it's no longer there. So I went. I went there probably from the ages of, well, whenever you go to school until I was about eight, I think. And do you do you have memories of your first day at school? Uh, yeah, there was another friend there who who was a friend before who uh, so you've got, you you you've got a good memory you can remember preschool rem- stuff yeah i can remember preschool stuff i can remember my friend tom kelly coming to school with me and uh he cried on the first day and i didn't and i remember feeling quite proud of myself about nice. that uh also in that same I bet year he never cried about mocking neil kinnock no 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 he wasn't as politically engaged as me <laughs> Um, also in that year we were uh, we were asked to sing a song or do a presentation or something and me and Tom Kelly did a, a duet of Itty Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Puckled Up <laughs> we couldn't get through it because we were laughing so much it's, it's nice it's not a song you would necessarily think of as a, lending itself to a as duet, a duet. No. <laughs> I think we sung it together rather than right right we right. didn't we didn't trade off the Itsy Witsy Teeny Weeny it would have been too tricky <laughs> and who who was um who who was your first teacher at that school? Mrs. Clark was my first teacher, I think. I think it went Mrs. Clark, Mrs. Hadley, Mrs. Stemp, and I can't remember the I had no idea how I remember all of this. Madame Brown. You had a madame. Like madame the, the Wombles had a madame. Did they? There was Madame Chalet was uh, the I think the teacher or maybe the cook in the Wombles. Oh well I should And be... they were southwest London as well. Well I should I should know more about the Wombles because we're we're gonna take a little journey over that way okay. fairly soon. Stay tuned. Um Madame Brown was a, a terrifying woman. She as far as I can remember, dressed like a sort of quite austere Victorian schoolmistress. <laughs> Like had a very high sort of frilly lace collar and stuff, and she was obviously the French teacher, and was absolutely petrifying, but in a very stern way. I'd imagine I quite like her now, but yeah, she str- struck fear into the hearts of children. Because what what year were you born? Nineteen eighty six. So what we found doing this program is people born prior to nineteen seventy. Yeah. Like teachers are people who hate hate and scare children. Yeah, people born in the seventies it can go either way. People born after that, teachers generally are people who, who 
care for and want to help sure. children. I think she was old school. Right. I think she... It's nice that you had a bit of that then. Yeah, I had a little bit of that. She was yeah, gen- genuinely terrifying. Like, you know, she'd get very angry, she'd shout, it'd make you stand in the corner, that sort of thing. But I don't, know, I don't think it scarred me, not as much as the Kinnock situation anyway. And and you you seem like a confident person to me. I don't know if that's just a, a mask that yeah, you're, no, you're I think wearing. Broad, broadly, yeah. So so in the in the sort of social hierarchy of a primary school, yeah. you, you, you're fine. You're not sort of labelled as a, a bedwetter or... No, and that was a very small school and everyone got the right amount of attention and stuff i think it was a it was a really nice environment um and i was very clever within that school as did well did you know you were clever uh, yeah because you could tell that, like i was coming top of the class in things and i loved that unfortunately when we moved when i moved schools it was quite a competitive school and i did the classic thing of going from being the cleverest to being like probably mid table in terms of intelligence and then decided to take my foot off the gas so I could just shoot down to the bottom. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, I you will be at the end of the table <laughs> <Yeah>. somehow. <laughs> so what age did you go to your next school? Eight. Then? And what is this next school? The next school is King's College School, Wimbledon. Okay, now this this sounds serious. Is it serious or has it just got a serious name? It's it's a pretty it's a pretty serious... I mean, it's it's a day school. It's not We're not talking full boarding, but it continues the trend of my uh, my early life of being opposite a common... <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, look at that. That's that, yeah. That that looks uh, that looks like a very imp. Well, it's weird. It looks like there's an '80s block attached onto almost uh, like a sort of Catholic church. Yes. So that's the that's that's the Great Hall. That building. That's where you used to have assembly in the senior school. So there's a junior school and a senior school. It looks a bit like Abbey Road Studios. Yeah, I mean, we were recording some pretty good albums in there. <laughs> it was a real creative hub. <laughs> sort of like a white, a big, big old white Georgian yeah. mansion townhouse. And the headmaster lives on the top floor there. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, which was bad uh, later on because we, from the ages of about 14, we all used to gather on the common on Friday nights and drink cans of lager. And then there was an assembly where he had to stand up and say, and I saw a large group of you outside drinking on Friday night. No. That can no longer continue. Yeah. So it's just, so you didn't know he was speaking. No, he was, he was right, peep, peeping right. out the top window. So what was that school like then? Was it? Uh, it I I really enjoyed my time there. I despite think. languishing at the bottom of. Despite the... languishing at the bottom, but I think that's what what I decided my personality was. <laughs> Bit of a bad boy at the bottom, but not, it's you know it's still a sort of <laughs> quite an academic public school. Um, I really enjoyed. I mean, I was there for ten years. And did none of your friends from the school you were at beforehand? Like none of none of them came with no. you. No, no, no. So just... at the age of eight, did you say you had yes. to go make a whole new set of friends? Yeah. So I, and we didn't move for a bit. Actually, so that's when Jack, who lived at the end of my road previously, I found out he was going to this school, and I sort of knew him anyway. So that that was nice. So I had a friend going in. What was your technique for making friends? Oh, I, t- I think just make I, always making jokes. To be honest, I think that was always my thing, really, and it seemed to work for me. But I just, I don't know. I, don't, I, I still don't think I have a technique for making friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my friend, friend of mine chaos, once said to me it? on his first day at school, he was nervous about making friends, yeah. and his mum said, "Just go up to the first boy you see and say to him, did you see the A team last night?'" <laughs> Which he did at the age of like five or whatever it was. Yeah. And this guy was the best man at his wedding, <laughs> like they're godparents to each other's so children. It it, it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure it'd work now. Would Give it, it a go yeah. <laughs> next time you're out and about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Go up to the first boy. I thought, I thought that was going to turn into one of like those prison tips. If you're in prison, you've just got to go up to the biggest guy you see. And shift them. Yeah, and shift them, and then everyone will respect you. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. So, so what we what were you? I don't want to say good at because we've we've established that you like to languish. Yeah, but what I mean, what what we what were your things? What were you interested in? Oh, I did a lot of drama at that school. They had quite a good drama department. Um, so I try. You know, I I think the first I went and auditioned for a play when quite early on when I was in the junior school when no one else in my year was doing it because they all thought they were too young to do it or you know or maybe a couple more did audition but didn't get in and that was for Oh What a Lovely War. Uh, and I played multiple parts in Oh What a Lovely War. So my first performance on stage was as a French French lady. Because can you give us a bit of French lady now? I can't remember any of the lines, but I was wearing a full full dress. Um, I can't remember. I think there were some saucy lines that I didn't really understand. So it was a, it was a single sex school. Then. Oh, th- this is the problem with it being uh, an all boys school, right? Is that, that, with more parts to be had, but some of them <laughs> were. <laughs> um, and I had to sing a song in that as well. That I was quite nervous about. It was just like a sort of bawdy soldier's song. <laughs> it was Christmas Day in the cookhouse, the happiest day of the year. Men's hearts were full of gladness and their bellies full of cheer. <laughs> Still remember it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would watch uh, a programme. It would have been Channel 4 a few years ago. I'm not sure, but maybe Sky Arts now, where you reassemble the cast of that. Of oh, a lovely war. Yeah. 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 We, and restage it. We also, you're not going to find it by looking at it on <laughs> Ed Cavallo, what lovely war. Um, the, the, re- the production that really sticks out in my memory from that school is they did, and people can't believe that they did this, they did a production of Oliver, um, but the children were played by school kids and all of the adult parts were played by the teachers. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, so is that teachers with frustrated Obviously, theatrical yeah. ambitions? Yeah. So, but all of the best parts are adults in that yeah, show, yeah, really, yeah. apart from Oliver and Artful Dodger. Yeah. And the so I, I was... I was a woman in that as well. I played Charlotte, the uh, the um, under the Undertaker's daughter. Okay. Um, I remember some lines from that. I had a blonde ringlet wig on, and uh, I had to say, "Oh, Noah, you are a one." <laughs> so, <laughs> Have you ever been offered panto? I've never been offered panto. Would you Would you countenance it? Uh, maybe in a, few, in a couple of decades. Yeah. I think, yeah. Once, once, once you're coming down the yeah, other once side. <laughs> once things are on a steady decline. What about a part in a West End play? Oh, I'd do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But I think, uh, I think I'm more suited to Panto. <laughs> <laughs> so, where, where, so where was that coming from? Where was that interest in, in the stage coming from? I always, like, I always said I wanted to be an actor when I was a little boy. So what, what were you seeing that was feeding into that? I couldn't tell you, you know, I just thought, like, I watched a lot of TV, watched a lot of, just, I think just the idea of performing for people, even if it was just in my family, just messing around and bringing toys down and doing stupid stuff. And Did any other siblings laugh. come along? No, so I've got a half brother and a half sister, but they're not, they're not that way inclined. Right. So when all. you're saying you're putting on these performances for your family. This is like your mum mom and dad, and right. then like, you know, aunties and uncles and all of that. Mm. Like, I have distinct memories of there being like walking in as a kid and there's been like loads of adults there having adult conversations and I'm just like burst into the middle of it and try and distract them and get their attention and then storming back back out again. I think that was always that was always my way. So what do you remember watching on the telly then? Oh, well, Rainbow. Mhm. 
I think uh, I based a lot of my personality on Zippy up until the age of 15. So, I mean, Zippy is uh, willfully annoying. Yeah, but I didn't see it like that. So how did I you see it? I saw him as a sort of uh, a, a disturber of the order. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not think Zippy needs a George to balance him, though? Oh, I don't know. I found George very annoying. As a zippy, as a zippy fan, right? Yeah, yeah. I, f- I find I find George a bit annoying, but I, I suppose it's it's all about the balance, isn't it? Mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. when you look back on it, it's the it's that's why the, that's why the scripts work so well. <laughs> but you were still able to befriend people despite basing your personality on zippy, <laughs> because I think I learned quite quickly how to self zip. Right, right, right. Which zippy never really yeah, mastered. He never, no, yeah, never. Always yeah. had to be Jeffrey doing the work. Yeah. Was there any explanation ever given for that zip? No, I mean he was an alien, right? It's weird that aliens would evolve to <laughs> YKK zip. Yeah, specifically a YKK zip. I mean, all zips are YKK. Yeah, that's true. If you're they listening really... to this now, check yours, it will be. Yeah, they've really yeah. called it the zip market. Yeah. Um, no, no explanation really given for the zip. Uh, maybe, I mean, this is, again, never explained. Mm. Maybe he's just a very loud alien, and when people realise that, they installed the zip. Right. Like you can stay on Earth. But we're going to have to pop a zip. Oh, that's there. it's taken a turn. It's a bit of a dark. It turn, is, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's been sort of surgically maimed. So yeah, love still loves Zippy. Yeah, what a guy! I saw Rainbow live on the same tour three times. I think as a child, I was taken to it by various people. But the second, apparently, the second time I saw it, my mum went out and left me with my godmother so this is the second time I'd seen it but I was quite young obviously she went out to get some drinks and stuff and came back in just as the curtain came up and she heard it was complete silence and then she just heard a voice from the darkness go oh I've seen this one <laughs> that was me spoiling it <laughs> <laughs> did Jeffrey leave us recently? I think he might have done because what? you know there's Roy, a res- Roy, Sk- Roy Skelton sadly passed away as well the, the voice of Zippy would, would you would you accept another voice of Zippy because as a Muppet fan I've accepted the various voices yes. of Kermit over the years because what I'm driving towards here is there, must be, I, I there would be a respectful amount of time after the death of Jeffrey yeah but, uh, after which a reboot would be something that they might think about well I'm fully on board with that and <laughs> I'm happy to take over that mantle I think I would do it with respect you could cast your own Rod, Jane and Freddy for the new millennium. Yes, cast my own Rod. That's a lovely pun. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. At this age, we're still kind of late primary school age here. Where, where is your world outside of school? What are you doing? Well, not, not a lot, I'd probably say. Uh, the, the thing is with schools like this is that they do... They cover a like a large base of your life. Like the extracurricular activities are also quite plentiful. So doing all the drama stuff is takes up a lot of time. Were you in any clubs or societies? Well, hmm, interesting. I think there was mainly acting stuff. To be honest, I was doing a lot of you know sports things, doing rugby and things like that. And then once you get to a bit, a bit older in that school, that Friday afternoons you have to pick an extracurricular activity. Uh, and I did C- CCF, Navy. What is that? Combined Cadet Force. Okay. Where you run around pretending to be in one of the forces. But I was just mucking around. How was is, how is that then? 
Well, I think it was, again, me and my friend Jack, and I think we just messed around and got told off for being cheeky while we were on parade. <laughs> is, is there a lot of emphasis on your shoes being clean and that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, shoes being clean. So it was uh, it was um, Mr. Mitchell, who was the head of chemistry, also used to be in the Navy, and he ran, he ran a tight ship. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you but think he, he was trying to recapture a certain era of his life? Definitely. I mean, yeah. he ran he ran his chemistry lessons like they were like they were uh, Her Majesty's <laughs> ship. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was very strict, but and he hated he hated me and Jack because we just messed around, right? And yeah, he, he like he caught us smoking a couple of times as well. Like, Did we he try were, and break you? He was trying to discipline. I you. think so. I think he was trying to prepare us for life. Yeah, but unfortunately, it didn't work. And now I'm a comedian. <laughs> Sorry, Mister Mitchell. <laughs> and and what about the weekends? Like, would you go to the pictures? Where we, we... Yeah, so yeah, I grew up. So we'd moved from Wandsworth a, bit, a little bit later on, and it was in Rains Park, so uh, quite near to Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, I'd always go to the pictures and just hang, like, say, hang around on Wimbledon Common and hang around in Wimbledon Town Centre and do stupid stuff. Hanging around is is something that I used to do a lot of. Yeah. And that I, I can't understand it. I can't relate to it as a way of passing time now that I have a smartphone. Yeah. I, yeah. Just hanging around. Just, I mean, it's it's as pointless as looking at a smartphone, I'd say. Yep. We were still taking using no, none of our brains. We yeah, were just yeah. hanging around being little oikes sometimes. Well, so who, who was in the gang of oikes? You, Jack? Me, it's mainly me and Jack, to be honest. So less of a gang. You're not really a gang. A duo, a duo of oikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the first what was the first film you ever saw in the pictures? Oh, now, there's a couple of answers to this. I think the first film that I remember seeing at the pictures was with my dad, because I remember it being a big thing that he was taking me to the cinema, and that was Mr. Nanny. Starring Hulk Hogan. Yeah, was that like a sort of knockoff of Kindergarten Cop yeah, or yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire? It was, it, was, or it was Imagine If a Muscly Man Had to Look After a Child. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the hilarity that would ensue. I also uh, remember when they re released Bambi, my mum was like, that'd be lovely. We'll go and see Bambi. They've re released Bambi at the cinema. And we went to the cinema and they'd sold out tickets for Bambi. So we ended up having to go see Jurassic Park. <laughs> which was my dream come true and my mum was absolutely mortified. Less, but I'm, I'm sure kind of uh, less um, less affecting in a certain way. Yeah, I think so. L- less tra- traumatic. Yeah, especially, yeah, going to see Bambi at a young age with your mum mm. w- would have been quite horrifying, whereas, you know, dinosaurs. Yeah, fine. It would, worse to see Jurassic Park with my dad because a lawyer gets ripped off the toilet. <laughs> Do you do you, do you remember sort of any? I mean, sometimes it's TV shows, films, or, or just sort of like a weird bit of life, kind of making you howl and feel bleak and making you understand your own mortality as a child. Well, apart from Neil Kinnock, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jurassic Park certainly didn't affect me. Um, but I think I probably I remember being quite affected by some of the Disney films that I saw, especially like I I don't think I've ever seen The Little Mermaid all the way through because Ursula scared me so much. Really? Yeah. My, Terrified me. There's a film called Lucas, which yeah. I haven't seen. I think it's one of the kind of high schooly eighties nineties yeah. films. And and my wife said she hasn't been the same since she saw that <laughs> film as an eleven year old. <laughs> What ha- what happens in it? I think a kid gets bullied. I think it's, right, it's okay. basically it. But um, you know, I think she's a, a sensitive <laughs> soul, and and she hasn't quite quite recovered from it since. Um, yeah, it's amazing how these things can affect you. I think Edward Scissorhands is another one that I have not seen because I tried to watch it as quite a young child, and um, 
just the initial bit where he can't deal with the scissors and accidentally like snips his nose, and that was me gone. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't watch this. It's a, do you feel there's a link between him and Zippy? Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. It's weird S and M style body modifications. <laughs> <laughs> We're finding out so much about me today, Jeff. <laughs> so, so usually, like we have this leap where you go from primary school to secondary school, but you're you're in the same school. So from you... eight from eight to eighteen, I went to this school. Right. Yeah, I did love it there. It's sort of where I got my first taste of comedy as well. In what sense? Well, Cambridge Footlights came and toured there, probably in my penultimate year there. So, and do I, you know who would that would have? Have you ever sort of gone back and worked yeah, out who that would have I know, been? I know who it was. So, uh, Stefan Golodowski was in it. Who wrote uh, him and her? Who wrote him and her and yeah, mum. And uh, Tom Basden. And I think that show was directed by uh, Tim Key and Mark Watson, as far as I know. Right. So that's that sort of era. So that was sort of in my penultimate year. And then I think I went to see it the year after as well at Turd. And that was Nick Mohammed, Johnny Sweet. Did you say it at Turd? Uh, it's Hood. Oh, right, right. Sorry. I thought you had some kind of public school nickname for you. No, no, no. It's Hood. <laughs> or it just didn't like it. It toured. It toured. I'm sorry. Right. I'm, I've, as soon as I see that building, I go even posher. <laughs> well, you, do, you don't strike me as that posh. And then I look at this and I think... Yeah, I think... Well, yeah, it's, but it's, it is posh in this grand scheme of things, but it's not like eaten posh right 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 because also we could you know leave at the end of the day and go and mix with other sorts of people <laughs> have you got a signet ring on uh no that i mean it is it's a it's a ring that my girlfriend had designed for me with a, a derama like a japanese thing oh, wow. to remind us of our trip to japan but it's not a family signet it's ring. not a fan there no, we no, go no. That, my that, family is not japanese that's often yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's often a measure of japanese-ness and or posh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the signet ring no it's not it's not a signet ring in that yeah. sense so so what about girls then how how were you into where would you go with it you meeting them on wimbledon common yeah meeting them on wimbledon common which is less seedy than it sounds uh so there were many like girls schools in the area as well so there's that we'd all we'd all meet up and go to parties. How how would that be instigated? Never by me. I was always I was in the group, but probably on the fringes. So at the at the I was at the big parties, but I wasn't at the gatherings. Right, right, right. I, I distinctly remember all the time it being like, "What are you doing on Friday?" It's like I'm going over to so and so's house, and I'd be like, "All oh, right." And be like, it's sort of more of a gathering. <laughs> be like, okay, I'm not there at the gathering. That's so that, this is a different. Do you different, differentiate? I think yeah, there was there was that differentiation was there. So I was always at the parties, the big ones. Yeah, but yeah, the gatherings I was never at. And looking back, I think basically the gatherings meant it was a specific group of boys and girls who were more likely to get off with each other. Mm. And I was never at those. I'd be at the big parties where sure you might get off with someone, or you might end up in the garden by yourself drinking a can of lager and talking to the cat. <laughs> who was the, the first girl who ripped out your heart and, 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 and ripped it into a thousand tiny pieces? I don't, I don't think any girl ever ripped out my heart and ripped it into a thousand. I was just grateful then... for whatever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. 
Hello, me again. And if you're enjoying this chat with Ed Gamble, well, there's plenty more where this came from in previous episodes. We've had Peter Shilton, Anne Hegarty, Phil Jupiters, Shazia Mirza, Glenn Matlock, Tom Allen, Dave Gorman. And if you found this episode, you're probably a clever clogs and you can find those episodes too. So, uh, so do give them a listen so that I can get paid. Right, on with the show. Jeff Lloyd's Hometown Glory on Union Jack Radio. As you got older in this school and you moved into what I guess would be the seniors, mm. um, who, who sticks out as teachers? Uh, well, there's the so the drama, the head of drama was uh, Philip Swan, who was the most dramatic man I've ever met. And Did, it, uh, when when you say that, I'm thinking of Mr. G from Summer Heights High. Who's no, about, you need to think more. Uh, you need to. Th- you're sort of on the right track, but you need to think more. Ian McKellen. Okay, right. Like very, very dramatic. Right, right. And took a lot of pride in the drama department. And so and so he should have done. So before I got there, they did like shows in Edinburgh that got a West End transfer and stuff. Seriously? Like they were an insanely good drama and department. And then you got there and, and, and I got there and yeah, just really ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> but he was great, but he, he took he took it all very seriously because the uh, like Ben Barnes was at the school a few years before me and stuff, so they have like a, they have quite the lineage of uh, of actors and and musicians. Weirdly, Arf, the Artful Dodger in the production of Oliver was played by Marcus Mumford. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's that sort of school. It sort of weirdly produced quite a lot of people in the arts. Um, but yeah, so he was he was a great he was a great teacher. Very funny, but took it all took it all very seriously. Who who um who else were your contemporaries? Has anybody else gone on to have a career in the entertainment industry? Marcus Mumford, that's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. So and yeah. Ben Lovett, who's also in Mumford and Sons. Yeah. Um, and uh, so fifty percent of Mumford and Sons yeah. went to your school. Yeah, and the other fifty percent went to St Paul's. It's very it it's very public school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? So Tom Basden, who I mentioned before, he he went to Kings. And uh, his dad actually taught me GCSE biology. Um, was he a good biology teacher? Yeah, he was very good actually. So, did you learn the the birds and the bees from his dad? I must. I must. I think I was pretty on top of the birds and the bees at that point. This is only GCSEs. backed up what I was saying before about you being more of the <laughs> the Lothario. Perhaps, Not Lothario. I just seen a lot of magazines. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, but I'm sure that discussion, at some point he would have had to take that lesson yeah. where that sort of stuff was brought up. So, and I've not never mentioned that to Tom, sorry. Um, who else was there? Uh, oh, yeah, I in GCSE English, I used to sit next to Dan Smith, who is the lead singer of Bastille. Right. Um, yeah. So just a weird... It's like you went to the Brit school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned um, having seen a lot of magazines there, which which um, is, is something. So you grew up in the internet age then? Just about. I think I'm on the cusp, really. Right. I I remember looking at naughty stuff with my fr- with my friends on the internet, but I remember it just being pictures and it downloaded, you know, in in strips. Was it was yeah? Was it, was it your house or uh, someone else's house? We did it at school once on an open day because we had access to the computer in one of the classrooms. That's bad, isn't it? I saw a man doing that in a library in Manchester. Did you? <laughs> You've almost got to respect how brazen that is. Yeah, but I also thought, what purpose is that serving? Yeah. Because if you're looking at that that, that gentleman's material, yeah. it, it's generally to accompany an activity. Yeah, sure. It's, it's, not it's just, a means to an end. Yeah, it's a means to an end. <laughs> and, and as far as I could see, and yeah. I didn't you know, linger too long, it, it wasn't a means to an end in this yeah. particular circumstance. Did he email them to himself or anything? I didn't, didn't 
spot any of those. If, if he's using the library computer, he doesn't have any way of getting the email when he leaves the library, right? Of course, yes. So he's it's memori- yeah. he's memorizing. It's just him. Did he close his eyes and then run out of the library? <laughs> <laughs> What was um, what was what was the most trouble you ever in from your mum? From my mum, mum or your dad? You know, uh, I think my mum's pretty relaxed. To be honest, I think I got I got in trouble at school quite a lot. Like I was slacking. Like I say, I regularly got told I had to uh, pull my pull my socks up. Appeared on my uh, reports quite often. But you never like killed a vole and tortured it or anything. No, weird, no, no, like no. I'm not no. a full psycho. No. Um, yeah, there was, you know, there was incidents where everyone gets too rambunctious and fights happen and things rough like housing. that. Rough housing. Uh, so yeah, I was a big rough houser. Uh, and once after school, we all went to the, the pub, uh, all in our school uniforms, we found the pub, the pub that would serve us. And, uh, it was on like a half day where we'd finished school early and we're like we'll go to the king of denmark which is not there anymore uh, we all went in school uniform and then one of the teachers walked in so loads of letters got sent home that's so bold of the 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 landlord or the landlady oh, yeah. of that pub yeah school uniforms don't care yeah he he just didn't care like when we used to go there every weekend as well he really didn't mind and yeah he, he, he looked a lot like an old elvis <laughs> We used to call him Elvis, actually. Well, I mean, there are these conspiracy theories. Yeah, maybe, maybe start the King of Denmark. There you go. The big clue there. Um, what about music? Were you, were you, were you, you're into your theatre, you're into comedy, into yeah. music? Yeah, big into music. I mean, I, I, everyone went through the phase of, uh, of new metal. Uh, in the late nineties. So what's let's just wind it back slightly. What, mm. what was the first record you bought and from where? I've got again two answers for this. Okay. One is really cool and one is not cool at all. All right. So, in terms of singles, mm. uh, the first one I bought is cool. So it was on tape. It was uh, it was from Virgin Megastore in Centre Court Shopping Centre in Wimbledon, and it was uh, a song called Young Livers by a punk band called Rocket from the Crypt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a really cool first single. Um, unfortunately, the first album which I made my mum buy me was Take Two by Robson and Jerome. Wow. But you had the self-awareness to know you couldn't go into the shop and get it yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, And I couldn't afford it. I didn't really have any money. So <laughs> just like, mum, I love this album. Can you talk, I mean, can, can you put yourself in the mind of the, I'm guessing, what would you be, almost 10 year yeah, old? Yeah, I guess you? so. Yeah. I mean, what was, what was going on? They, it's when they had listening posts. Yes. When you could go in and listen to stuff. And so, so you heard it and still wanted to buy it, it, and I was like, "Wow, this is." I don't know. I think I was just excited that I could listen to something, and I quite like the sound of it. Had you never heard anything else? I've <laughs> never that heard point. any music. <laughs> I never worn headphones before. It was such an overwhelming experience. I don't know what I was thinking when I wanted that album. Do you still have and look, it? Look, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the boys. I think they've done great work, especially in acting since then. Yeah, one of them's in Game of Thrones. The other one, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. There's a fishing show. He does do a fishing show, yeah, but he did a lot of acting for a while, right? Mm, they mm. did Soldier Soldiers together. That's right. And, and now, that, yeah, and now Jerome Flynn is uh, is Sabron of the Blackwater. That's right. You Game of Thrones in fan. Game of Thrones, love it. But you were never sort of like a Dungeons and Dragonsy kid. No, that's a lot of commitment. Dungeons and Dragons. I like, I, I like the idea of it, and I like. I now like 
comic books and I like uh, board board games like that. I like all of that sort of thing because it's cool to like that now. Mm. Don't need to worry about that. No, I know. I, I, I suffered yeah. liking that, not Dungeons & Dragons specifically, but that yeah. type of stuff. I, I was the kid who suffered so that people of your generation <laughs> could swan can, in. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I was, I was really in, later on, after that, I really got into heavy metal and things like that because my mum had a tape of uh, Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. And I played that until it was worn out. So did you did you go heavy metal? Did you grow your hair? No, no. Did you well, have the regalia. When I, when my hair really grows out long, it gets little nice little curls at the end of it, which isn't very heavy metal. It goes out and curly. Right. Uh, so there's pictures of me like that. I was also much I'm much larger than I am now. So I did have a sort of vague heavy metal look, and I had a trench coat, black leather trench coat, huge boots with flames on them. And I used to wear nail varnish. Getting very mixed messages here. <laughs> <laughs> so you used to be huge. I used to be big, yeah. But that was up until the age of like 23. So when you were doing your, your acting, you, you, were, yeah. you were a big lad. Yeah. So why do you think, I mean, you know, I think people are big for all manner of reasons. Sure. Some people are big and that's a, a great thing for them and they yeah. own it and they like being that yeah. way. Other people, there's sometimes something going on. What do you think was going on with oh, you? Oh, I like, I like dinners and stuff. Yeah, same with me. That's but, really it. Right, right. Like now I've found a, a, a healthier balance with it where I also like exercise. So I just had to get into exercise and I still, still love dinners. But did you start self-loathing? What happened? What, what no, was, what, I don't think so. Like I think I started to lose weight. It was quite late on in life, like I say, like twenty three. So, I, I think I got booked for a telly job, and I was like, I'll try and lose a few pounds before that. And I'd never really tried properly before, and then I tried, and I was like, oh, it actually works, and I feel quite good when I do it. I'll just carry on with it. I don't think I ever had that point where I was like, oh man, I hate my body. So I didn't really. But, but you, but you don't yo yo. <laughs> no, I've maintained it pretty well. I'm probably a bit bigger now because I've just been eating eating well. How tall are you? Six one. So, so you mean I feel like it's you've got the luxury of height. You yeah, can, I was can... always like big, big, big and broad. Yeah, like yeah, that was the thing. But with pair that with a leather trench coat and <laughs> boots with six inch, <laughs> six inch soles. So how does food factor it? Because a lot of teenagers that's just sort of not very interested in it, they'll just sort of shove a pizza or a burger in the mouth and yeah. not, not really think again. So you became interested in food. Well, I did a lot of the shoving the pizza and the burgers in, and. I ate a lot of junk food and especially it got really, it got really full on when I went to university because that's that obviously that moment where you're like, no one is, no one's telling me what my dinner is. I'm going to have pizza for breakfast. Um, and then it got bad. Weirdly, I've got more into food since I've regulated my diet more because I'm into the quality stuff and thinking about what I want to eat and cooking and going to nice places rather than just filling up on junk. You're an interested man again, Bob. You're an interested man. <laughs> When when did did you go away to go to university? Uh, yes, I went to Durham. So what was what was leaving? Because you you grew up in southwest London, which uh, for people who don't know London very well, it's like a leafy yeah. suburban part, but it's yeah. it's still London. Yes. How how was how was leaving the capital city for you? It's exciting. I mean, I sort of I applied to Durham because I was sat in the computer room at school and I only had five out of six choices that I was supposed to make. And my friend Henry said, oh, why don't you put Durham down? I went, all right, put that down. That's very much how I, how I was for the first 25 years of my life, is just rolling with it. Uh, and got in and went to visit it and thought it was nice. It's like a pretty, pretty little town. Gets boring after two years. Did you get homesick? Yeah, I had to go home in the first three weeks 
of university because I couldn't hack it. And then I went home for the weekend and had a little top up of being at home. And then that was fine. But yeah, really, really homesick. And if you could go back and like look at any of the places we've be, been today, as if they were, as if you were time traveling, you could just yeah. be in there. You can fondle some objects if you yeah. like. Like, we, we, where, where would you like to see again? Well, I see. I'm fairly nearby to a lot of the places, mm. so I can't. I can just go and look at it. And but you'd be amazed at how much stuff changes in in yeah. sort of 20, 15, 20 years. The past is a foreign country and all that. I'd walk. I'd walk around the school again. I have done that since, but it was a few years ago. They, they had an open day when I was walking past there. So it's good to wait I'll for an just, open day. Yeah, yeah. I'll just go in there and have a look. Yeah, you can't just like, shimmy over the gate. Um, but uh, I'd probably go back there because I still have. I still have weird dreams about like the music school bit about or being late for being on stage for being in a play. So I've got to run and then I can't remember my lines. So I'd quite like to just go back and connect with whatever's going on there and have a little look around. Well, thanks so much for taking us around uh, South Southwest London. You are, are going back on tour in the autumn. Yes, with what? my show Blizzard. What's the, what, what is the show Blizzard? Do you want to tell me about it? Or is that, do, you, do you prefer to just let people know it's me, you've heard me, hey, yeah. you've got to know me over the course of this hour. <laughs> come and see this. If, if, you, exactly. if, you, if, you, if you like the cut of my jib, come and see the yeah, show. If, if you enjoyed my flavour, come and, come and see it. <laughs> This is the this is the the basic flavour you're going to get, and uh, you're doing a, f- a fantastic podcast as well with uh, James Acaster, which is all about food. Yes, it's called Off Menu. Yeah, so which I highly recommend. Thank you. you download uh, Ed Gamble. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Jeff Lloyd's hometown glory on Union Jack Radio. Well, wasn't that fun? A lovely stroll down memory lane with Ed Gamble. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave an incredibly positive review, subscribe to the podcast and shout at your friends about it. And next week, music legend Paul Young. And remember, if this is your first time hearing about Union Jack Radio, welcome. Uh, They play the best British music and comedy, so find them on your digital radio. Anyway, speak soon. I'll be speaking to you. It's unlikely we'll be having an actual conversation. Bye.